the show dedicated to focus on sharing insights, strategies, and stories related to digital design and technology. I'm your host, Atish Nadawa, and today we're going to discuss about the software development methodologies and future of Agile. Today's our guest is John Mann. John has over two decades of experience in software engineering with building web applications, technical architecture, and leading effective engineering teams. John Mann is currently a technical architect at Huge here in Brooklyn. Hi, John. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Atish. So, John, would like to share something about you before we start deep dive into the discussion. I guess I'm just excited to see the shift in process that's actually going on since a lot of people are associating Agile with Scrum, which yeah. really isn't the case. But being able to see the future shift from Waterfall to Scrum to what's next, which we're going to discuss today. Sure. I'm pretty much excited about it. So, so when we talk about Agile or Scrum, certainly I personally feel it has certainly brought newer and better features compared to the Waterfall. And what I feel Agile bought... It's iterative development, frequent releases, working with cross-discipline team at the same time. And the, one of the biggest thing is, I feel, con- continuous integration demos and continuous retrospection. I think continuous deployment and yeah. continuous testing that you see, mm-hmm. that a lot of people implement in Agile is, or in Scrum specifically, has been very, very helpful in improving the quality of software development. Mm-hmm. I also understand why demos and a lot of that ceremony is valuable. But I also think that people are taking, quote, agile by the book to an extreme. Okay. And, and I think I'm I think one of them too. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's where I think we need to talk about where agile can actually take you and the next steps. Yeah. So overall, I feel like team, as you said, like team has really seen the agile is producing the quality of work and it's an astounding pace, right? Either they follow Scrum, XP, RUP, which called Rational Unified Process. And, but even I think Agile software development is not new. I think it's been 15 years now and many of us are pretty much comfortable with it. But when I go around and look for the teams who were working on Scrum part of the Agile, mm-hmm. the happiness they had their own face back in days, like maybe six years, five years back. Right now, I don't see that much happiness. And they are right they are pretty much like uh, looking themselves to move away from those things. So, so I understand so 15 years, it saturates the market. Every Even the late adopters are fully on board with it. So why why do you think that the change is coming? Why, why are they looking for something? I think people are just looking for a more efficient way to develop software faster. Okay. I think that's all it ever comes down to. Waterfall was... Very big, throw it over the fence for the next step process. And I think Scrum was the next iteration of that Mm -hmm. to help people go, we can actually make our delivery cycle a lot smaller. Now, with the future of Agile, I think the process of delivering in even more succinct methods, rather than having these blocks of sprints, and having these formal ceremonies for backlog grooming and for uh, creating your stories. I think there's so much work that project managers do that can be eliminated that will help us to produce software faster by getting rid of some of that documentation and improving the actual working software. I mean, that's one of the tenets of the Agile Manifesto. Yes, that's what I'm going to because... The teams, they try to follow Agile Manifesto and sometimes 
even when I started agile, working Agile for 2010-2011 time, I personally realized that there are a lot of friction comes and uh, there was a time where, where me as well as my team realized that, okay, let's let's trust for this somehow and then we'll figure out that it is really going to be work it or not and then later it started to work. But now, what are the main things from the Agile Manifesto? What do you think is the source of pain? I understand that. This ceremonies, yeah, yeah, ceremonies, but those ceremonies were there for some reason, right? Right. I, I mean, the, the biggest one that always sticks out to me is working software over documentation, right? Everyone wants to have all of these artifacts and all of these documentations and instructions. And now with a lot of the tools out today, we're even creating videos about how to actually use the software. But if the software was designed intuitively mm-hmm. and it is simple enough then it shouldn't be necessary to create such in-depth training videos and training documentation. Okay. And I think a lot of time is spent on that level of documentation rather than creating a more simple, intuitive interface. Yes, but, but the documentation itself has a little bit, not never has a clear-cut definition like how much documents should be there. What is and, enough? And, Yes, and overall down the line, I feel like teams are really moving away from documentation. It's I think it's a yes. I really hard. I really like really write any technical architecture document or TDD. What's supposed to do in back in days? So yeah, so teams are understand. Maybe I think you're right. Maybe they are still struggling out to just follow the fan manifesto, but they also don't know that it's time to move. Right? Yeah, that's true. I there's definitely some concerns in not doing any like Mm -hmm. then you go to the other extreme the pendulum swings the other direction (laughs) is i don't need any documentation just leave me alone and let me write code yeah i mean that's a developer speaking right yeah but then project managers want to know how can we estimate if you're just going to write code and we don't even know what you're doing and there's a level of uh measurement right we all want metrics and we all want to measure something but we need to identify what we're actually going to be measuring Mm -hmm. so people understand hey, there's a reason behind it rather than we're just going to measure things to measure things. So now let's talk about planning. I know you're going to smile a lot, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's true. Yeah. So, so, but with effective planning, you can still do it, right? So what are the things you feel from the Scrum point of view which stress or the planning part too? Well, there's... The original, right, you have your backlog creation, your backlog grooming. Yeah. And you do that on a regular basis. Basically, regular basis. Right? right. And you should have enough work to actually fulfill the sprint. So when people go through their poker planning of point, story points, they have enough information to estimate correctly so they can identify how many story points they can take in a given sprint. Mm-hmm. That's the process. But what I have encountered... When we do, especially uh, story pointing, we end up all normalizing our story points down to everything's a five and let's just do the work. Yeah. Either, I mean, because some people are like, oh, we're going to use Fibonacci. Some people use t-shirt sizing and they yep. spend more time figuring out what kind of process they're going to implement rather than actually just going, let's not even worry about it at this point and let's just start getting to the work. <laughs> I think you nailed the point. I think you're just, we just had the same discussion. <laughs> it happens, back. right? So, about the coordination, team coordination. I hate to give the architect answer, but 
It depends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the factors, do you think? Yeah. I, I think uh, for... For team collaboration and coordination, right, those two go hand in hand. Uh, it does depend. It depends on team size. Mm-hmm. It depends on team location. Mm-hmm. If you're dealing with multiple time zones, it becomes quite challenging. Yes. I've worked with same shore teams and remote teams. Yes. And it's really interesting once the team size gets to a certain point. Now, what is that threshold? From my experience, it's usually if you have more than three teams, you're going to have to shift your implementation of it, of, okay. of Scrum, because you can't do a stand-up with 20 people. First thing, and as the team is not co-located, there will be, there will be a difference in the way the team is going to work right. at the same time. So that's where I personally feel those methodologies can come, like uh, having grooming as well as making sure that we have constant retrospection right to just bring the same level to bring the whole team together right well when once you get to a team and i use three because that was generally my threshold three teams of five yeah which you're dealing with 15 people if you have 15 people in a stand-up yeah you can actually get through it pretty quickly but i don't think anything more than that you're gonna have to start reallocating your meetings yeah. and that's where the scrum of scrums comes right yeah. so if you have five teams mm-hmm. then each team will have their own stand-up and then we'll have a representative that will attend that scrum of scrums meeting okay and at that point then they will actually report back to their team hey this is what's going on so there is a communication between all of the teams yeah and they're not distracted by having to go to Five different meetings. Yeah. So then that gets, I, I feel like that, that there has to be change in the overall. The exactly. If maybe you only have a team. Not the processes, of, maybe the overall from the architecture, from the development perspective as well, right. right? If you only have a team of, if you only have one team of five of five people, right? A project manager, a QA, and the three developers, then you should be great. You'll deliver less because you don't have as many people, right? How many work streams can you have? And then how many work streams can you manage? And then how many work streams can deliver what you're shooting for? Yeah. Right. And that's what you need to identify in the planning phase. Yeah. Team compliance, Scrum is slowing them down. Yes. This methodology also. But I also feel like lots of teams are embracing alternatives. Maybe they're just moving away from this core Scrum by the book. But they're also looking for their alternatives. And you would say they're customizing the Scrum. Right. So what would like to elaborate more, like what, what are the things generally people does these days? Or like what's the, what the you have seen? The direction I see a lot of things going right now is more to a, a Kanban model. Yeah. Where you have a list of tasks that need to be done. Okay. They get prioritized and people just take from that list on a regular basis and keep on delivering that work. And it's an endless supply of, relatively endless supply of work moving forward through your work stream. And that team will just keep delivering on all of those stories. And they work on those stories until they're completed. There is no, oh, we need to actually get together and plan all of this. We need to actually see how many points we're going to do. We need to identify how much every story point is. None of that happens. It's like, here's the work. Do you have questions? Come talk to us. Otherwise, just pick them. Otherwise, take down. take it and keep going. Is that model gonna going to fit into the existing scum process, or or just going to, or is going to follow? They still follow some part of the ceremony, or it's just like a pure there, plan. 
as long as we have a client, there will always have to be a demo. That's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's a fact. If I, if I tell my client, I'm going to keep working on something and I'll let you know when it's done, I would not have a client. Yeah. They, everyone wants to know a timeline. That's the way it works. So as they use the Kanban model, they can actually deliver what has already been completed at whatever time that client wants to see a demo. Rather than waiting for the whole like a scrum cycle to be finished. You can just do it at any So you produce the value, there, sh- there should not be any blocker to show that value to. If the work has been completed and tested and deployed, then you should be able to demo it. Yeah. Because the goal of this is actually to produce working software. Yeah. So I just had a recent conversation, I think just over the coffee table with one of the consultants. His remarks, and his remark was when I was discussing about the same topic or was the future, blah, blah, blah. And he says that the next wave is applying the lean principle techniques to the rest of the ecosystem. So with that, I would like to ask, a, maybe it's a hard question, maybe it's an open-ended question, but is it scrum worth to consider if I'm starting a new project or or whenever I'm starting a fresh new project, should I just look for alternative? Have we reached it? If yes, what are the new options? I think you should always look for a more efficient method of whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And whether it be lean, Kanban, yeah, the iterative approach, right? Whatever, whatever the approach is, the goal of iterating is to figure out what works, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're starting a brand new project, Try something. If it doesn't work, you'll know very, very soon. Yes. But if you spend a lot of planning time to decide what process you're going to implement, you've already wasted all of that time. You take one, you go with it. If it doesn't work, you change. And that's the whole concept of Agile in a nutshell, right? Is embrace change. It's the only thing that's constant. Yeah. So to answer that question originally, let me go back to that, is yes, you should try something okay. if you feel that the existing process isn't working, yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have retrospectives, right? To identify kinks in our process and improve them. I, I think I'm trying to understand. I think I'm, I'm getting to a point where these newer options, like Kanban iterative, are not new. They still follow some agile mm-hmm. methodologies. They might be completely different from the Scrum, which is one of the implementation of Agile mythology. Right? Yeah, it's it's just another shade of gray. (laughs) Is the best way to put it. Okay. And honestly, if you really look at Waterfall, Scrum is, and people are going to get offended by this, but Scrum is a just shortened version of Waterfall. Because everywhere I have encountered is, you still have to have design up front, Yes. Right? And design has to hand it over to developers. Yes. And then developers have to hand it over to QA. Yes. So your waterfall just turned into a two-week cycle rather than a six-month one. Yes. And you can't have development work without the designs already implemented. Yes. And you can't have QA testing something that hasn't been created. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, then you start moving to test-driven development yeah. where you write your test cases first and then the developers are only writing code to make those tests pass. Yes, you're right. I think I'm with you now. <laughs> so what are the other tools can help us to deliver the faster? I see in these days, like, yes, along the processes, there are also tools more than the one that's in Terraform. 
electricity or something about it. Terraform? Yeah. I'm a big fan of Terraform oh, since really? I've started playing with it. For those who don't know, Terraform is a way to actually do deployments by configuration in JSON files. And it allows you to actually automate the deployment process of actual resources in AWS, in Azure. And I believe they actually have implemented Google Cloud now too. Yes. So the three major ones are all supported in Terraform. And you can actually spin up and tear down environments in seconds, including database configuration, EC2 servers, web apps, all of it. One of the big advantages of that is when I have a new developer come on my team, I go, here's your Terraform installation, run this on your box. And they will now have a working instance on their local machine of whatever code base we're working on. That's one, it goes back to one of the tests that the, the Joel test of software is like, can you build your source code in one line, right? Do you have a single command to build your source code? Yeah. It's a yes or no question. <laughs> if you have a 15-step process to get a new developer on board, you probably need to fix your process. Yeah, I agree with you. And maybe that's that's Philips to have like quick onboarding, quick deployments to produce the value quick. Right. So just to round off our discussion here, would like to cover anything else which I missed? No, I think we covered a lot of where Waterfall was, mm -hmm. where Agile is, mm -hmm. and where Lean and Kanban and Iterative is moving forward. So how, how does this Kanban is going to be to help for the constant introspection until we don't have that part? So one of the, it's the same, and what I've experienced, it's the same way you do the demos, right? So when you feel you have done X number of stories or whatever tasks, you, hey team, let's get together and figure out if there's something we need to be changing. And I worked on this one company and this one team, and we actually met one time and we were like, no, everything's great. And that was the meeting and everyone agreed and we walked away. And it was amazing because we just realized what we had done was working perfectly for what we were doing. And a lot of people are like, oh, there's always a way to improve it. And I think if you get to that level, there might be ways to not improve it. Okay. So any kind of change you introduce might actually be hindering your team from producing. Yes. So sometimes it's okay to realize you're doing okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe sometimes it's a matter of attitude, right? Like let's having the whole team to to resonate their own way of thinking, like keeping the egos out. So that's making sure that everyone is satisfied. John, where does our listeners can reach out to you? Do you have any Twitter or social media handle? Or For on Twitter, I'm uh, Low Tech Media, which is L-O-T-E-K Media, M-E-D-I-A. Mm -hmm. uh, I also have my blog, which is johnman.org. Mm -hmm. And I think the best way to reach me would probably be on Twitter. I do have an Instagram somewhere floating around, but <laughs> I'm not a big picture guy. <laughs> Thank you, John. Thanks for giving us a chance to talk. Thanks, Tish.